Hey, ebook readers, right now, the Flight Attendant Joe series ebooks are only $2.99. That's Fasten Your Seatbelts and Eat Your Fucking Nuts, Flight Attendant Joe, and I'm Just Here for the Layovers on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo, $2.99 each. Hey, everybody, if you enjoy listening to Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, now is your chance to become a patron of the podcast. Go check out www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. There's different tiered levels and each of one of them comes with something special and unique, including the Friday debrief, which is a short podcast episode that I record on Friday mornings, just me and my coffee. And it's only available on the Patreon page for patrons. So again, check that out. www.patreon.com slash grounded with flight attendant Joe. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 41 of the Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe podcast. I know I don't have to say this, but I will anyway. I am your host, Flight Attendant Joe, and thank you for joining us today. This is a very special episode, and I want to thank my guest for coming on to share her story on her road from being an alcoholic to finding sobriety. You know, just the thought of coming onto a podcast for the first time to share your story, I find to be so brave and something that a lot of people don't have the courage to do. So I wanna thank my guest. And ladies and gentlemen, if you or someone you love is suffering from a substance abuse or mental health issues, please contact Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 1-800-662-HELP. Again, that's 1-800-662-HELP. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration is a branch of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and there are people there who are willing to help you 24 hours a day. Today, my guest is Kat. She is a flight attendant, and she also runs the Instagram page, The Sober Skies. We talked about why she started drinking at the young age of 14 and how from 14 to 23, her life was basically spiraling out of control. We talked about addictive personalities and how consuming alcohol, coffee, tobacco, things like that give us a false sense of security, help us to escape life. We talked about how she knew she was an alcoholic the moment she realized it and how AA saved her and what it felt like to stand up in front of people and say, I'm my name's Kat and I'm an alcoholic. We talked about life as a flight attendant, a sober flight attendant, serving and mixing up drinks in first class, how she manages to intoxicated passengers on the airplane. Ladies and gentlemen, today is her birthday. Happy birthday, Kat, and welcome her to the show. Everybody, I want you to put your hands together for my guest today, Kat. Hey, Kat, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. <laughs> How are you today? So good. How are you guys doing? Well, it's just me, but I'm doing well, great. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, everybody's a Listen, 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 listen. I always act like there's more people behind this production than just me. So when you said that, I was like, oh my God, she gets it. She totally gets <laughs> what I'm trying to do. <laughs> well, good. I totally did. That was meant to. Well, Kat, thank you for being on the show. And could you please let all the listeners know who you are and what you do? Of course. Okay. So my name is Kat and I am a flight attendant. Um, I'm originally from Oregon. 
I have been flying based out of Miami, Florida. And currently, unfortunately, I'm on a leave. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all there is to know. And oh, yeah. there's so much more to know. There's so much more, <laughs> but I mean, I don't Ugh. like. I don't know how you know how deep into the intro you want to get. Oh no! So, so um, so yeah. How long have you been a flight attendant? I've been a flight attendant two years in May. So May 2018 is when I left Hawaii. I was living there for eight years after I graduated high school, and I moved with my at the time Australian boyfriend. Um, to Miami, and then now we're married. So. Oh well, Yay, congratulations! You're married to Thank an you. Aussie. Yeah, I, I, I am. Do, now, <laughs> do you awesome. do you get Australian citizenship if your husband's from there? Okay, no. So, well, eventually I can. Okay. So I haven't applied yet, but the first thing is to apply for um, the permanent residency so that I can work and live and do all that, and then after some time, I can apply for citizenship. Yes, which is. Absolutely insane to think about it, but it's awesome. So yeah, and are you? We'll, we'll get there. Are, are you day. going to do that? Are you going to apply for citizenship? You know, so my husband's actually a financial advisor, and we've talked a lot about that. Um, hopefully, I do. I just don't want to have to pay double in taxes. I'm not the financial oh, guru, so I don't really know. But right. I do know that if you're a dual citizen, you at least have to file in both countries, and I know that that can be expensive alone. So. I don't know. Once we get there, we'll weigh up the pros and cons. But other than, like, you know, money's not an issue. Yeah, I want to be dual citizen. <laughs> Absolutely. And I be think awesome. from my own experience, and I could be off a little, but I know the United States is probably only one of the only countries in the world that if you, like, if you're a United States citizen and you live abroad, you still have to pay taxes in the States, even though you don't live there at the moment. But I don't, I think that we're one of the only ones that does that. So hopefully Australia doesn't do that. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't think that they do. I, yeah, he works remote. So he doesn't, he doesn't have to pay taxes here because he doesn't work. Um, he works, you know, remote, but yeah, taxes and all that is just a crate. I don't, I don't understand all. So <laughs> don't come to me with the taxes. Um, no, I, I'm right there with you. My husband does all of that because if it was up to me, I would probably be in jail for tax fraud or right because exactly. I would be like, well, I thought I paid my taxes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, What's happening? Oh. So, um, so you're on a leave right now. So you're currently yes. not flying. How long is your leave? Oh my goodness. Well, that is a story in itself. But um, originally, it was supposed to be a three month leave when, you know, shit hit the fan. And it was primarily for um, my husband's on travel insurance from Australia. But it doesn't, you know, cover a pandemic. So we're like, oh shit, you know, and, and just, I just, it's not fun flying right now, you know. So um, the company gave, you know, a, you know, some extra outs and stuff. So, Mm-hmm. Um, so I was originally supposed to do May, June, and July, and then I, I actually did like a voluntary one um, in April, but we extended it even further till October. So I'm out until hopefully November 1st, okay. which is crazy. Yes crazy. I know because you've only been a flight attendant for two years and this is happening. So you, you're still in the excitement phase. Oh, it's so much fun. So no, it's been, you know, but work is work. So like, I'm not going to lie. I've been having a lot of fun 
because we're we're now with my family in Oregon, um, and I grew up here. But there's a lot of Oregon that I haven't seen, and so we're just you know exploring, living it up, trying to you know be as outdoor and active as possible. So it has you know it's had its perks, um, and it's a lot better than being stuck in Miami right now because Miami is blowing up with just the Rona. So no, we're not there. Oh yeah, nightmare and. And we lived in a condo, too, which makes it even, you know, like, you can't go, like, you have to have your mask in the elevator, and, like, you're touching everything, and we lived in a studio, so we would have killed each other if we would have stayed, so it's just much better this way. So, yeah, but yes, I do, you know, of course, I miss flying, and it's it's so fun, so there's always that, but oh well. I'm glad that you mentioned you lived in a studio and if you were there, you'd probably kill each other because my husband and I, you know, I've recently retired from the airline and, but my husband and I lived in Northern California in a one bedroom apartment. Now we, we rent a three bedroom house, but we were joking throughout this whole summer. Like if we were still in California, one of us would be dead. Oh, definitely. We would just go out of our minds. It would have been like, I'm jumping off the roof and I don't know what's going to happen. So, (laughs) well, I'm glad you're in, what part of Oregon are you in? May I ask? Cause I love Oregon. Okay. So yes, I love Oregon. So I grew up in Cannon beach, um, which is about an hour and a half outside of Portland. Great area. Grew up surfing there, but it was so rainy. So then when, you know, me and my brother left, they, my parents moved to a bend. Oh my so, God! My favorite place. That yeah. is, you're in. You're in Bend right now. My yeah, my, yeah, one, yeah. Of, one of my great friends. One of my good friends is actually moving to Hood River as we speak, and he's spending the night in Bend, oh. Oregon, right now. Um, oh, that's so weird. What are the odds? I, I love it. I love Bend, but it's one of those things where you can't really tell people how amazing it is because then everyone no. will go there and ruin it. Exactly. But it's almost like like it's like a fairy tale land to me. It's just it's so, so incredible. Nice. I love it there. I really, really. Oh, I'm so glad you're in and, Bend. Oh, that's yeah, so awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's so much like hiking and, you know, outdoor activities that there is to do. And, you know, we we floated the river yesterday, me and one of my girlfriends. And everyone's just having a good time, a bunch of young people. And, yeah, it's been, it's that's been awesome. great. So, well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're on the show. And before I even get started, I want to say, I think you're very brave to come on the show to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So, but I, you're very welcome. I found you via another Instagram page and, Mm. or maybe you liked something. And I said, let me, who is this? Who is this person? (laughs) And then who who are you? And then when I found you online and I, I saw that you had an, a page called this, the sober skies, I kind of put two and two together that you were living a sober life. And I was like, I have to have this young woman on my show. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Of course. My pleasure. I'm so glad you found me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm a stalker, kind of. I love it. (laughs) Aren't we all? Because what what I'll do is... Some days I'll just on the sofa and I'm flicking through Instagram and I'm thinking, and I'm looking for, I'm like, who would be interesting to be on the podcast? And so when I find someone, I'm like, okay, now I have to reach out and ask them to be on the show. And they're going to be like, is this for real? But it is. And you're here. So this is proof. I love it. Yes. So good. So let's dive right in. So you've been living sober for four years. What brought you to that decision to become sober? Oh, I like that. That's a great question. 
Do you want the long answer or the short answer? Oh, honey, I like need simplified. Uh, no, no, I'm very nosy. I'm gonna need. <laughs> I'm gonna need the full story, please. I just didn't want to really jump off the edge and people to drown. Oh, no, 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 no. They listen, listen, people who listen to this podcast know to put on their life vest. So you don't have to worry about anybody drowning. Okay, great. Okay. So what brought me to sobriety? Well, first of all, I started drinking when I was 14. um, And I have an older brother who is also a recovering addict. And um, let's see, pretty much I you know, I drank my whole, you know, adolescence, high school, all that, college. Um, and then I took a break for a little bit and a little bit of history, genetic background history. My parents, um, my dad is sober. He's been sober my whole life. And because, you know, he, he was an alcoholic. And my mom is, you know, she's, she's normal. Um, but both of my grandparents on both sides have you know, have alcoholism in the family. So growing up, my parents were always really, you know, adamant, like, don't drink, you could have the predisposition, like, blah, blah, blah. That was really the only thing they, they were strict about. And of course, me being me, just wanted to test that. And I was very rebellious, and it cost me, <laughs> ultimately, in the end. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I didn't listen to them. And you know, I, you know, I grew up in Cannon Beach, great, you know, great family life. I, my older brother's two years older, went on lots of vacations, you know, nothing. Both parents worked, both parents were together, never fought, you know, that kind of thing. So it wasn't really anything that drove me to drink by any means. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty much, I just remember, like, at some of my first times, drinking like I would just drink to black out you know and drink to drink to puke that was were you doing that at 14 now were you doing that at 14 I was okay I was okay yes yes so and just you know it wasn't all like all the time but you know it was definitely like the weekend thing hang out with the older people you know like be the cool little partiers you know and then I hit college and I I went to um university at Hawaii Hilo and mm-hmm. finally I was free from my parents because I was grounded all the time. You know, it was just a whole debacle with my older brother, all this stuff. Um, Cause he was also getting in trouble as well. And I just, you know, really went heavy there. And until I kind of got to a point where I was just like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be like this. I didn't even really know why I was going to school. I've never been an academic nerd. I, I, I really struggle. I've, I also have ADHD, so I also just struggle with focusing and paying attention. And if I'm not into something, like, I just don't want to, I'm just not there, you know? So I, um, yeah, so I just drank and I, you know, did some drugs and all that jazz. Nothing too crazy. I was definitely a stoner. It was mostly drinking and smoking weed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, dabbling and, you know, psychedelics a little bit, but not bad. And then I actually... Um, I went to a nonprofit, so I, I quit school. I called my mom. I was like, this is not, like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just here to party. Um, and they, you know, they were, like, all for me taking a break. So I went, and I worked at a nonprofit on Oahu for a little bit because one of my family friends from home works there. And at that nonprofit, um, it's Christian-based. So their whole thing is, you know, you can't 
drink or do drugs while you're here just because, you know, some people struggle, some, you know, don't. And so for the time that I was there, I, I didn't, I was sober for about, um, well, I did an internship there and then I went back and I worked at it and I worked there for two years, uh, just full-time volunteer. And so, you know, I kind of took like a three ish year break for the most part. And when I, like I, I left the nonprofit, I moved to the North shore um, and I was like, I want to see if I can norm- like drink normally because I always had this, like I would just drink way too much, do stupid stuff. And then I would wake up with the worst anxiety and regret. And I just remember thinking like next time I can do it. Like I just this obsession with being able to drink normally. And so I just remember, you know, I was, I think I was 22 I was like, I want to see if I can drink normally. And if not, then then I should probably quit. Because at this time, my brother has been sober for a long time. He, he just like hit 10 years. So, and he's here. Oh, that's awesome. So he's Congratulations been, to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's great. Um, And so he's also been a huge help in my recovery. Um, But yeah, so I pretty much, you know, tried and I... Yeah, it pretty much took about one to two years for me to realize and to really progressively, um, you know, drink really heavily all the time, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I went through a breakup and I remember I hadn't really started drinking. This is like the beginning of trying to again. And I was like, okay, Kat, like, don't drink. It'll just make things worse. And I was doing okay. And then um, I actually met my husband. And my now husband, um, he came to Hawaii um, with some friends. We had a mutual friend, and he stayed at the house I was living at. And I was, was kind of like the beginning of the end at the time. Like, I knew I should probably quit at some point, but I just was not ready yet. And um, so I would subconsciously, you know, like, hide how much I was actually drinking, which is kind of crazy. Like, looking back at it, I definitely knew I had a problem, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, I, I couldn't stop. And so I hid my drinking pretty well from him. And um, and then, you know, I, within the next eight months, because he went back to Australia and we stayed friends. And within the next eight months, I, it was literally like the quickest tornado downward spiral. Like, it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. So that's the only way I can really describe it simply. Like, I, and it's, it's really interesting too, because a lot of people don't quit drinking because, you know, they, they compare themselves to other people and how they drink. So like a lot of people are like, Oh, um, I'm not an alcoholic because I, or I, or I shouldn't quit drinking because I don't drink in the morning. I don't drink during the day. I only drink this amount, you know? Um, but I was that person at freaking 23 drinking, you know, half my wine before going to work at nine mm. in the morning and and then when I was off work you know just getting hammered with my friends going on boats and you know just making idiotic mistakes and getting my car towed and you know just dumb 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 shit so anyways pretty much it, it happened really quickly and I'm really thankful for that in hindsight because you know I know a lot of people that slowly ruin their lives because you know, they didn't crash and burn hard enough and they just keep drinking and keep, you know, it just keeps 
things to keep building up. So anyways, um, I, yeah, I pretty much, the end result was, or like what really made me quit in the end, um, was I was waking up every day just so, so, so depressed and so, um, yeah, like emotionally hungover and anxious all the time. And I tried, I really did try quitting drinking on my own, um, just alone. You know, I would just be like, tomorrow I'm going to quit drinking. Like, Mm -hmm. it'll be done. But then, you know, I would wake up and I would look in the mirror and I would be like, I can't, like, I can't stop. And then I would, and then I would keep saying, okay, I'll I'll stop tomorrow. You know, like, Right. tomorrow's the day like it's just one more day and I just remember doing that over and over and over and like I've always been like pretty pretty all for it hyper loving life you know like really enjoying people I'm extroverted so like I've always been pretty happy and that was the first time in my life that I was like so so like I just had, was at an emotional low I hadn't really lost much in terms of you know housing friends that kind of stuff it was definitely getting there. Like it was things in my life were dwindling because, mm-hmm. you know, my drinking was out of control and so was my behavior, but I hadn't, I hadn't hit um, an out, like an exterior bottom. It was really all interior. Um, and so one day I, I pretty much finally was just like, okay, I'm really willing because that whole time kind of leading up, like I had reservations. And I just wasn't completely ready well, um, because um, a lot of it reservation yep. reservations to quit or yes. Okay. To quit. Yep. Right. Like one of my big things was I'm too young. Like I'm never going to have fun again. You oh know? yeah. Like I could, 23. I could see where like, you would tell yourself that and believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Completely. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to go to rehab. I didn't, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, cause you know, my brother went to rehab, it cost my parents. Like I, I was like, I don't know if my insurance covers it. Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to put that on that, blah, blah, blah. But the one night I was just like, um, I pretty much just was completely open and I, I prayed. I was, I can't went to God. I was like, God, like I'm, I was drunk too. Like, of course I was the whole time. And I was just like, I'm willing to do anything. Like I'm willing to go to rehab. I'm willing like, I'm just so willing. I'm done with this. I can't live like this anymore. Like, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As one of the cliches is. And, um, and the next day, I woke up hungover, jitters. And I called my brother. And uh, uh, he just, like, told me to go to AA. And I was like, oh, my gosh. No. Like, that's crazy. Like, you you know, you hear about that in the movies. Like, I'm, I'm no. <laughs> you right, know, I just thought right. it was like, be crazy weirdo loser, you know, and I did not think that I was one of them. And, um, but then, you know, I was like, okay, I have nowhere else to go. My brother has been sober this long. It clearly worked for him. Um, so he, he just said, go to find a meeting online, go and get a sponsor, find a woman you're attracted to. Don't get a guy. Guys pray on sick girls and just you'll be okay. Like you have a higher power. That's a huge part of, you know, AA, um, you have a higher power. You'll, you, you'll be okay. And so like two days later, I drank my last bottle of wine under my car seat, warm. Oh, so gross. I remember it. <laughs> and, um, I brought a couple of my girlfriends with me cause I was like scared shitless. And I went to my first meeting and asked for help. Uh, I had this random girl with all these tattoos and, just like, hey, like, 
I need help now. You know, I was coming down, so the craving was really strong. And I just thought, if I don't ask right now, I'm, I'm going to literally, like, go buy a bottle when I leave. And um, oh. and she she was willing. She was like, yep, like, are you, you know, are you able, are you willing and able to do these steps? And I said, yes. Yeah. So she's like, okay, like, just make it through tonight. We'll meet tomorrow. And yeah, and that was my last drink four years ago. So pretty well, crazy. Congra- well, I am so happy that you were able to become sober and to make that happen in your life. Cause you do sound very yeah. happy and you sound so healthy and I, I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're I'm, welcome. I'm very, 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 very grateful. Cause it does, you know, it doesn't always happen. People try and try and try and try and, you know, ruin their lives or die. So, you know, Absolutely. I am definitely like one day at a time. So and are you still so, yeah. are you still in that mentality where it's one day at a time? Do you spend the rest of your life thinking mm. one day at a time? Today's done. I'm not going to drink. I didn't drink today. Tomorrow is another day. To be honest, I've never. It's it's weird. Okay, so everyone is different, and the whole the whole one day at a time thing is to keep it so you don't forget, and so you don't. Well, I think there's two things. To keep it so you don't forget because it can sneak up on you at any time years later on and you can drink, you know, mm-hmm. but there's also in the beginning, like literally getting through each day, one day at a time. Um, and I would say probably the first five days were like that for me, but I was so willing and so focused and so determined um, to stay sober. And it was just like the greatest challenge for me. Like I was so excited to do it and to do it right. Um, cause I, I never really, you know, I wasn't the best at school. I, you know, like I wasn't like this outstanding really and like an athlete, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to crush this. I'm going to completely transform my life. And so when the promises, they call them the promises in AA, like when you stay sober, like all these good things start coming back to you, you know, and it's very true. So when the promises came true and were very quickly like coming, you know, like I, I lost weight. I was healthier. Like I dropped toxic friends. I made new ones. Like I got my mortgage broker's license, you know, like when all these like really good things from sobriety started happening, it wasn't even, um, no, it wasn't one day at a time, to be honest. Like, you know, not every day do I think about it at all. Um, which is different for everybody. You know, some people mm-hmm. five years in literally are like, today, I'm not going to drink. Um, you know, like, I'm not going to drink today. You know, they think about it during the day and then, you know, they make it another day. For me, I really lost the craving to drink probably like two days in. I didn't detox, mm-hmm. um, which is crazy because I was, I was drinking pretty heavily. Like it was, Literally, like, God was doing for me what I could not do for myself. I woke up, like, a new person. It was the weirdest thing. And from then, like, I just, it wasn't very hard, to be honest, um, because I kept just remembering how bad it was. And I think that that really, really helped. And also just playing the tape through of, you know, of what it, like, okay, let's say I drank right now. Like, let's say, you know, I'm three months sober. I'm at some party. Um, or, you know, some beach barbecue and people are drinking. Of course, you're like, oh, I kind of feel lame. Like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, once I play the tape through of 
what would actually happen once they took that first oh, drink. Right, yeah. It wasn't even it wasn't even enticing anymore. Like I was like, Oh my god, that'll suck. Like, nope, I'm good. Like my life is dope now, like I'm killing it. Like, no, I don't need a beer, you know? Like that'll just and you know, like you do work really, really hard for it, you know. Like I was going to um tons of meetings. I was doing 90 meetings in 90 days, which they suggest. Like, I didn't date for a year. Like, I was putting in a lot of effort. So, for me, it was like, there's no way I'm jeopardizing that. And, like, I had a day count, you know? It was like, I was, every single month, I was giving myself something for the first year as, like, incentive, you know? Oh, so, like, yeah. my first a 30 reward. days. A yeah. reward, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So, it wasn't really, you know, there were so many reasons not to drink that, overpowered the reasons to drink so that is what really helps me like not like really like obsess over it um during the days and and yeah so like you know four years has gone by and of course I want to be on my guard of course I you know I that's why I created this over skies as well is so that I can help other people because that's a huge part of staying sober is you know reach and they can feel free you know given when you came in and I'm a flight attendant, so I'm all over the world. So, like, I can't make as many meetings, you know? Like, I didn't get sober to mm. sit on my couch. Like, I am traveling and exploring it up, you know? So, it's like, I've learned so much as a flight attendant staying sober and just, like, in general traveling sober. And I have, like, the best husband ever who doesn't drink either because of me. Um, That's well, cool. He didn't, he didn't really drink anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But it's, you know, it's like, what's interesting to me is, no, don't be sorry, um, is (laughs) you, you become, you start your journey to becoming sober when you were 23, but from 14 to 23, you lived an entire life. Yeah. A whole drinking career. Like, um, I want to rewind a little bit to when you said to your parents, you know, you you grew up, your grandparents were alcoholics. Your dad was an alcoholic, yep. but then he was sober your entire life. I am the adult yep. child of alcoholic parents. It runs uh, very deep. My entire mother's side of the family, my mother, her brother, her, all her uncles, mm-hmm. her father, all alcoholics. So the gene definitely dances around in my bloodstream. Um, yep. But you said something about how your parents were always warning you. Was that when you were like before you were 14? They were just reiterating like, don't drink, don't drink? Yeah, kind of. Like before, I mean, I think it's like so long ago, but I just remember like growing up and being like, you know, it's in your blood. Like, you know, because like, I don't know. And it's different in each place. Like I, I know some people that, you know, started drinking. When I say I was 14, they were like, that's crazy. Like, I can't believe you're so young. And then some people I know are like, oh, I had my first sip of alcohol when I was 10. You know, so I just, I, I think it's just different in different places and, you know, different lifestyles or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just remember like before, it was pretty much like middle school before high school. Because, you know, they know what high school, high school parties are like and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they were just like, you know, like the one thing that they were going to be strict on enforcing and adamant about was that we would, you know, there would be consequences if we drank and sure enough, there was. So just because, and they, and they told us why, you know, they explained it. Um, but I, you know, I didn't want to listen. So, and neither did my brother. So we just, 
which is really crazy. Well, yeah, and well, I think, you know, we, yeah. We, when our parents, t you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's like when your parents, when you're 14, your parents are like, don't smoke cigarettes. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to be like, yeah, oh, I'm going to go smoke exactly, cigarettes. Exactly. Exactly. So it's so hard. It's like, you know, I'm not a parent, but I just, you know, I trip out on that. I'm like, how am I going to parent? Because I always told myself, oh, you know, I'm not going to be so strict because then they're going to want to do it. But then if like you're not, then I'm sure they're going to, like, I don't know. You know? Right. It's hard. I don't, I don't, anyways, yeah. That's yeah. something to think about. But yeah. Now, when you were 14, what yep. in your brain tells you, if you can remember, like, I'm going to drink, like, what was the first, when you had your first drink and you felt that rushing through you and, you know, it kind of lowers yeah. your inhibitions, you get crazy, you have fun. Um, was that what it got you excited about drinking at that, at that yes. age? Yeah. So pretty much when I was in eighth grade, um, there was a group of girls. I was, I was friends with them, um, but I didn't partake in this one. So they all got drunk at this dance. That was like the first time anyone really like drank. And they all went to this dance and pretty much they all got busted because they watered down one of their mom's like liquor bottles. Anyways, so that was like the first kind of like, oh my gosh, people are doing it. But they were like, you know, the cool girls, you know? So it's like, oh, like, I mean, I'm glad I wasn't there and didn't get caught and didn't do it. But at the same time, you know, it was kind of like the first thing that, to trigger it all. I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I was in high school, you know, like we were the fun girls and we we're, you know, trying to hang out with all the older boys. And um, I was at one of my girlfriend's house and I just, I remember like wanting to, you know, and she drank before it was one of the girls out of the eight. And um, I took three, this is so funny because I, I totally forgot about this, but I took three shots of vodka in her bathroom and then we hung out with um we hung out with the the boys and then we went down to the beach and I like cut my toe because like I was you know like all over the place like you know mm -hmm. anyways I just I do remember taking it and just feeling like it was shocking actually like the the hot like I remember being that it was so hot in my esophagus um but then like I do remember like the instant like comfort and just like, you know, courage and kind of just the ease, the ease to like, yeah, no matter what's up, like it doesn't matter, you know, like it's all good. And I think that really, um, and you know, like, like I said, like I've always had fun and I've always loved the fun. Like I'm all about having a good time, you know, to this day, I'm Irish. I don't know. I don't know. I just love having fun. I love being around people. I love to party. Like I love the party, you know, wherever it's at, birthday party, you know, I'm getting excited. It's like we're going camping later. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go camping. But um, just being around people and having a good time. And so I think that that really, you know, affected like, you know, like, okay, like if you're drinking, that just adds to that, you know, and like, it's it adds so to the fun. fun. Yeah, it makes yeah, it more exactly. fun. Yeah. Exactly. So anyway, uh, I do, I do remember that. And I do remember thinking like, this is, this is where it's at, you know? Did you, did you ever worry about being taken advantage of mm. in, in that state when you're good that young? Question. Hey, I have good questions, Kat. Really question. no. no, that's a really, I'm, I'm impressed. Oh, like, I'm really. impressed with you. Um, oh, you're sweet. Thank you. Um, you know, yes and no. Like it was a really small town. Um, 
so we knew everyone. I mean, you know everyone pretty well, but I mean, yes, you kind of like knew who like who the creepers were. I don't know. That sounds weird. I and I did have some friends get taken advantage of. So yes, I was worried about it. Um, probably not as much as I should have been thinking back, like thinking back, like in those times, I probably could have been a lot more careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, I was just like, Oh, nothing's ever going to happen to me. So. Right. You know, and the, and that fear that, and, yeah. the, and the fun and the excitement of drinking definitely overpowers any type yes. of rational thoughts spe- as adults. Completely. So when you're even 14 and your brain's not even developed, developed like it should, yeah. That makes more sense. And I asked you that because while you were talking and you're saying like you had your first drink at 14, I'm sitting here thinking, when was, when was my first drink? Cause you know, I was raised Mm. in a very violent alcoholic family. My father would hide alcohol and all that, but I could, I was younger than you. It was August of 1986 and my birthday's in November. So I was still 13. I would turn 14 in November. Me, I'm sorry. Oh, I just said, see, like, it's it's crazy how young it can be. It can be so young. And it was kind of peer pressure. So me and yeah. um, a couple friends, this is when I was growing up in Connecticut, me, another guy, and this girl, we were at the high school swimming during the day because they would open it up in the summer for kids to swim. And, mm-hmm. and then my friend said, the girl said, my mom's at work. Let's all go hang out at my house. So we went to her house and we, her and I were both 13 and the other guy was 15. And she's like, my mom has wine in the fridge. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay. So, and I knew what alcohol was. Mm. So I started drinking wine and eating cheese out of the fridge. And (laughs) you know, you know, do you know how many times as an adult, I've had wine and cheese thousands of times, but you know, at 13, I'm eating the cheese and I'm drinking the wine and, and they're in there getting frisky. Okay. So I'm about to share with you how I probably stopped the girl from being raped. So stay with me for a moment. So I'm drinking, everyone's drinking, we're all drinking, we're 13 and 15. It's insane. And my one friend, the guy, he says, Joe, get in here. So I put my glass of wine down and I go in the living room and he's got her pinned down on the floor. And he says, and she's giggling and laughing and he takes her, I can't believe I'm sharing this. He takes her um, bikini bottom and he spreads it across. So her, you know, vagina's hanging out and he goes, Joe, get it. (gasps) Are you kidding? No, this is a true story. And I grabbed his balls, which, which changed the entire dynamic of the situation. Because I was gay then, of course, and my first instinct was I have to stop what's happening because, yeah, like she's laughing, joking, he's doing this, I'm here. Uh, there, we're probably a few moments away from something really bad happening. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I grabbed his balls and I was like, "What are you doing?" And I grabbed his balls and you know, years later, he was like, "I can't believe you grabbed my balls." I was like, "Well, because I'm gay and I was trying to prevent something bad from happening." Um, and that's why I asked you that question because it's not such a crazy question when no. you're a teenager that you could be drinking and something bad could happen. Definitely. Um, and when I tell that story now, I I think back to, oh my goodness, like if that was if those were my children, I would have I I would have. I would have, well, in the eighties, they beat their kids a lot. So, um, I would have probably right. went crazy, but 
it's just so scary to think when you're yeah. at that age and then you're under the influence, you really have nothing stopping you from doing crazy shit. Yes. Yes. I completely agree. Um, and my parents, they did always tell me too, like your brain isn't fully developed. And I just kept thinking like, Oh yeah, whatever. Okay. You know, like I'm, I know everything, you know, but course. like really looking back at it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you are a child, you know, it's scary. It is really scary. Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's really frightening. And I don't think people realize, you know, parents probably don't want to even think that that's happening to their kids, you know? Mm, no. So, you know, maybe somebody listening to this episode who has teenagers will finish the episode and say, you know what, I'm just going to keep a better eye on these kids. Cause who knows what the hell, because I promise you, my parents, our parents did not think that that's what we were doing on a, a weekday during the summer after yeah. swimming. Right. right? Um, and so, yeah, it's just incredible what could be happening when you don't even know it. Yes, definitely. Uh, when you, the first time you went into AA, that first day you stood up and you said, hi, I'm Kat and I'm yes. an alcoholic. How did that yep. feel? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, the first day I was actually under the influence still. And I went to, well, the first time I drove up, it was by myself. And I saw this guy hanging out outside and he had his little dog and I was like, uh, no, I'm not going. So I, I looked up a women's meeting just because I was like, oh my gosh, like, no, you know, like, I don't know these people, like, there's no way. And so I looked up a women's meeting and so I was like, okay, I can go to that, like all women, whatever. So I went and, um, I kind of, it, it kind of didn't, the, the meeting environment, the type, um, it was like a, it was her, it was her first birthday, one of the ladies' first birthdays or first, like, you know, sober anniversary. So she was sharing the whole time, and then it kind of got wrapped up. And you're not supposed to share if you've been drinking. They kind of, like, say that at the beginning. Um, so I actually what did do you that mean, day. What do you mean by that? Um, you're not supposed to share if you've been drinking? Like, you're not so pretty much, yeah, you're not supposed to, because, you know, it's pretty, a lot of meetings are just open-ended. Like, you know, there, there's so many different types of meetings. So there's, you know, like one where like a speaker shares and then you open it up for discussion. So pretty much when it's open for oh, discussion okay. or open for sharing, you know, you can pretty much like, depends, like sometimes you raise your hand or sometimes, you know, it'll just be quiet. And then someone says, you know, hi, my name's, you know, my name's Kat. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Kat. Um, so like in those times, like if you've been drinking, like a lot of people ramble on and a lot of times it makes other people uncomfortable, you know, because you're, you're drunk. Mm -hmm. So, oh, okay. um, but then they also put, um, at the end of it, they're like, if you've been drinking, we ask that you don't share, but like, please feel free to speak to someone after the meeting. So that's what I did the first day. And then I got a sponsor. So the next day I went with my sponsor to a meeting sober. And that was the first time I shared and like read out of the book. And because, you know, you go around in the circle and you read bits of, you know, the big book or whatever, like living sober books. Um, and I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. I was really, um, I don't, I wasn't intimidated. I just felt like, like, I definitely felt like I belonged there, but I also, I was just really shy and nervous. You know, I didn't know any of these people. I was opening up, but the first time that I said like, hi, my name's Kat and I'm an alcoholic, it was so freeing because for once I could be honest fully honest with myself and fully honest with other people that were in my same position. And I just felt like 
ah, oh, like I belong here, you know, like mm-hmm. these are the people that understand me. Right. And so, once, yeah. and yeah. once you say it out loud, then it's real. And then you have to deal with yes. it. Yes. Whether no matter That's what, a huge part. no matter what path you take, once you say it and you acknowledge it, you, you, yeah. you you're going to have to deal with it in some way, shape, whether it's you continue drinking Definitely. or you join meetings. How, yes. how did you know, like what woke you up and said, I'm an alcoholic? Oh my gosh. A lot of little things along the way. Um, when I was like 19, I came back home and I had been drinking and, oh shit, I don't even know if my parents really know this. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just shared a I very mean, big story from my teenage years. Right, right, right. No, so I, um, I was driving the car that I, you know, with my parents and I crashed it. I hit a, um, a Mercedes, I hit a Lexus. And I, you know, that was like one of, that was kind of the summer that I was, you know, kind of spiraling. And because I just came back from Hilo and I was drinking a lot at school. And anyways, and, you know, nothing happened. I didn't get a DUI. I kept my sunglasses on. I kept my chill. Um, But like that night, one of my, my two best girlfriends at the time kind of sat me, kind of sat me down and they were like, hey, you know, um, like we're worried about you, you know, like you, you don't drink normally. And at that time, you know, I wasn't ready to hear it. I got defensive, you know, I kind of blew up, but right. later on looking back at it, like it definitely was one of the like, you know, sparks. And then, you know, just like along the way, um, a huge one was when I would start drinking, I had this crazy craving, like the phenomena of craving would just kick in and I could not stop like for my whole drinking. So pretty much like I would start and I would think I'm not drunk. I feel like I want more, you know? And then I would keep thinking that I wasn't drunk. And then all of a sudden, and like my body, it would like, you know, when you have, I get the craziest sugar cravings. It's like, you know, the sugar craving from hell of just being like, I need more, you know? And, um, you know, that's, I don't, that's not normal. And I think I knew that. And because none of my friends, you know, all my friends, when I get plastered, I mean, yeah, sometimes it all get pretty drunk, but you know, on the regular, it was like me just getting completely shit faced and puking and blacking out and, you know, just a disaster. And all my friends would be like, Oh, like, yeah, you just have to know your limits. And I'm like, like how, like, I can't, I, 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 in, when I'm drinking, I don't know my limits. So that was another huge like red flag to me. And then, you know, just at the end, like I knew <laughs> it's not normal to be drinking in the morning. Like it's not normal to be drinking all day. It's not normal to have to drink literally just to be okay, you know? And like my dad had always been very open with us about his sobriety. He didn't do AA. He just legit, my mom gave him the ultimatum when we were babies and he quit. And there you go. 26 years later, he's wow, still sober. Wow, that's amazing. But, Cold yeah, turkey. Really wow, amazing. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, really crazy. So, but like, he's one of, you know, and he's always been awesome and been able, like, we'd always have like parties and, you know, was always able to still have a good time too. So that's also was, you know, and very encouraging. Um, And so, but he always told me a big thing he told me was, you know, like when I drank, I drank to keep the buzz going, you know, like I would drink like, 
you know, a couple beers then and then wait a bit and then drink some more and then, you know, just to keep it like an even keel buzz. And that's what I was really shooting for at the end. And like, it's crazy to even admit that because, you know, it's just, you know, all this is something I never thought that I would, you know, talk about or, you know, admit, but like, I was really just trying to keep the buzz going so that I could function and be okay and, you know, like live. And I don't think I was really admitting that to myself at the time because it sounds so extreme. Like I had to be drunk to, to be okay and to live my life. But, you know, like there was no like filter, like, you know, how some people are like, Oh yeah, like I don't drink in the morning. And they're like, I have to do all this stuff before I can, before I can drink, you know? Yeah. And for me, it was like, no, I have to drink so that I can do all that stuff and I can have like a good time doing it, you know, like for work, let's say like I was a surf instructor <laughs> and I like, you know, we get a little tipsy before teaching lessons, like insane shit. Um, sorry, I'm not supposed to cut. Oh, oh, um, you, no, you can, you can say this okay. is grounded with photo <laughs> I have the mouth of a sailor who's been lost at sea. Love it. So don't you worry, <laughs> say whatever you want. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I think those were the main, you know, the main things that I was like, yeah, this, this shit's not normal. Like multiple people have told me like, you know, and I just, uh, I also, you know, I met Tom like about eight months prior to me quitting, like right before it got really bad and we stayed in touch, but, uh, you know, he kind of like told me off because I was, I was freaking crazy. Like I was a party animal, just like, you know, crazy. and. And I just remember like, you know, pretty close to, pretty close to quitting. I was like, okay, like my life can either go literally like I saw it like a fork in the road. Like it can go this way. I can keep hanging out with these people, keep doing this same shit, like just trying to escape life. Or I can like live the life that like I know I was created to live and yeah, it'll be hard, but like, it'll be so much, like it'll be so worth it, you know? So anyway. Yeah, my um, I'm I'm glad you talked about the some people have to drink to do things. My mom, mm. she would drink a six pack of Budweiser before she would start her day. Yeah. So if yep. it was six thirty in the morning, I was getting up, getting ready for school. I would walk out into the living room, and she would be sitting at the kitchen table with a a can of Budweiser in front of her. And, oh wow! Um, I. I never, that's, that never happened. Like I'll have a Bloody Mary or a mimosa or whatnot, even yeah. to this day. But back then I always thought there's something wrong with this picture. Nobody should have to drink mm. beer before they go to work. Yeah, completely. And, um, and you know, she, she passed away in 2003 from liver cirrhosis. So oh, yeah, she so at 50 and she was 56. So she wow. had been drinking her entire life and she didn't just have a drink on Monday and Friday. It was like a six pack every day before work. And then she was a housekeeper when we lived in Florida and, you know, housekeepers would go out and they would clean their rooms and there's no supervisor watching. And she would hide her beer in her little cart. And, oh, yeah. and when you talked about like hiding your drinking, it reminded me of my stepdad because he would hide bottles of vodka throughout the house. Mm. And yep. It was this weird thing because we all knew he was drinking. I'm like, who are you? Why Why are you even trying yeah. to hide? Why do you think? Okay, let me rewind that. Do you think when people are hiding their drinking, everyone really knows? 
Do I? Yeah. Do you think that like if you and yes, I are friends and because- I'm hiding my alcohol intake and I'm an alcoholic, you probably know. Completely. Completely. And I, you know, I talk about that all the time because I, I was the person hiding it. And I, I think now I'm like, alcohol is the one thing that you can't really hide. Like, unless you're really good at maintaining like a very light buzz where sober people can't really tell. Um, it's like the one thing that's not easy to hide is being drunk. <laughs> Yeah, so absolutely. No well, the first thing that you right. notice is the eyes are glossy. You know, I could look well, at somebody who's, who's, yeah, I could look at somebody and I'm like, oh, you've had a few already. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And mine would get really glossy. And I remember like trying to put an eye drop, but it's it's not even like a stoner eye drop. Look, it's just glossy. Like I'm not there. Look, you know, like eye drops can't undo that, you know? Right. And I just remember like, you know, wearing sunglasses and trying not to slur and like it just and you think that you're getting away with it and I think a part of me I really did and I'll you know just being honest like I really did like the thrill of thinking that I was sneaking people like Mm -hmm. and being in my own little weird sneaky world and then one day one of my girlfriends we were talking about something you know and I don't think she really knew but she was like you know the thing with like sneaking is like you're really only fooling yourself you know and I was like oh shit like right we all know it's like when i (laughs) it's like when i was 16 and i didn't think anyone in school knew i was gay and everyone knew (laughs) i was gay and i was like how do they know and they're like have you have you actually looked at yourself i'm like oh my god but um you said a few minutes ago you said a little bit ago that you know when people drink they're trying to escape life what do you think what do you think you were trying to escape and you know that is one of the that another great question um, I don't know, because like I said, like, I didn't have like a violent, I didn't, you know, I didn't have a, a gnarly childhood. So it was really weird to me and my brother were trying to like, I don't, you know, once, I guess once like life really hit later on in life, you know, like I, we were living on our own, dealing with just normal shit that people have to deal with. I think it was that, but I really think that it was just escaping from especially at the end, like just escaping from myself because, you know, I knew deep down for probably, you know what? I think I knew that I had a problem when I was 16. I had this little bathroom with like a bathroom and then the rest of the bathroom. Anyways, I locked myself in there. I was like mad at my parents and I was like chugging beer in my bathroom. And I was like, this isn't like, this isn't normal. Like I shouldn't be chugging beer in my bathroom because I'm mad at my parents to like, escape like my you know this whatever this drama you know because it wasn't about life you know but when you're 16 you think you know the world's over anyways so you know I it's super interesting like but I really do think at that point like I had so much guilt and shame and you know once I was you know 22 ish and it was just getting worse and worse and I was just trying to escape my thoughts and escape the the cycle that I was in because I knew that I like I knew something was wrong, whether or not I fully, fully, fully admitted to myself. It was like I was just trying to like push it down deeper and deeper with just bottles of vodka in my system, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, escape whatever else, like whatever, you know, just life, like just, you know, that's not even, it's not even hard to get through, you know, um, like, right. like work, you know, just like little just mundane stuff. And like, since sobriety, I've, 
you know, I've been through a pandemic. Like I moved across the country. I, I left my family and friends. Like I got married. Like, you know, like that's pretty big time, you know, stuff. And never once was I like, oh, I want to drink over it. Like luckily, I, you know, I have lost some friends um, due to addiction. Luckily, no one um, that's been very, like, you know, that I've been very close to, nothing too traumatizing. But, you know, it's like, you can get through pain and and suffering and your feelings. Like, it's just, you know, without needing to cover it up. It was like, I just wanted to not feel. Like, I wanted to be numb. I didn't want to feel emotion. I was escaping emotion, essentially. And well, that's and, not why. And there's I the did. answer. That's what you were trying to yeah. escape. And, you know... It, it, it completely makes sense to me. And when you said that you were in the bathroom chugging beer at 16, you know, that's just a, that's a teenager being rebellious. It's almost like the teenager, yeah. like dating the guy that the parents don't want them to date. But because, yeah, exactly. because you have this alcoholic gene inside you, just like I do, um, you, that's how you rebel. You're like pissed at your parents and you're like, all right, well, fuck you. I'm going to go in my bathroom and I'm going to drink a six pack at 16. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and and that's fascinating to me. You, you, um, well, when you tell these stories, do you think you're talking about, does it feel at this point now, like when you reference back to being 14, 15 and 16, it's almost like you're sharing someone else's story. Yes completely it's the weirdest thing like I feel even from 10 years ago when I was in school in Hawaii like I it's like that was me like that's like I I mean I I remember it I remember it being me but it doesn't feel like me because I'm such a different person now if that makes sense I don't know it's weird no no like oh I'm you know and like of course there's definitely things that like I you know still take responsibility for you know like I wasn't clearly wasn't perfect and my behavior was pretty shitty a lot so you know I you know do what I do and make amends and all that but at the same time like I'm not going to hold that over my head and live like I'm this terrible person because I'm not number one number two you know I've overcome and I've moved on and like I'm making a living amends to people like living my life the best way I can you know and that's all you can really do in life so well you're yeah you're definitely not a terrible person. You're actually somebody to admire. So always oh, remember that you. you're somebody to look up to. I'll when, try. Oh yeah. No, every day, every day you need to remember that you are very strong because there are probably millions of people at your age. Just think 23 years old, you woke up and said, okay, I've got to make a change. You know, if my mm-hmm. mom would have done that, she probably wouldn't have died at 56. So you saved your life. You saved all the relationships around you. So Congratulations, because that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Was there ever a time, you're welcome, was there ever a time that you would say to yourself, okay, I'm only going to have, all right, I'm going to drink today, of course, before you you started AA, when you would say, all right, I'm I'm only going to have four drinks today. I'm just going to have four drinks. Did did you ever play that game in your mind? Um, You know, I always kind of thought, like, if I went to a bar or something after work, I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to have one. I'm just going to have two. And it would just never be one or two, you know? Like, it would always be more. Um, Because, you know, that that craving would kick in, and it would just override any self-control of being, you know? Like, I literally would, like, promise myself before going in somewhere, like, just one or two. And then I would freaking walk out hammered, you know? And it was like, 
I, to be honest, I stopped kidding myself at the end because I was like, I'm not just going to drink one or two. Like I'm going in here to get drunk. Cool. Like at least I'm kind of being honest with myself at that point. Um, but you know, it was really interesting towards the end. I started doing like these weird experiments on myself because I was like, okay, I want to know where the point is where I'm actually getting drunk. Like, where is it like, like going from, oh, I feel, you know, good to, oh, I feel tipsy to, oh, like I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of drunk, you know? Can you mm-hmm. hear me okay too? Oh yeah. A little I, bit ago. I don't know. Okay. Great. Oh no, I can hear um, you fine. Oh, perfect. And, um, so I remember like, you know, it was like May. Uh, yeah. I just remember it being May. I was like out on my porch in the hammock and I had like, I had a shot and I remember like taking notes, like, okay, I feel warm and fuzzy. I feel a sense of comfort, ease, you know, all that. And then I remember like, you know, doing the next one, like a little bit later. And I remember, okay, now I'm feeling like really good. Like, you know, I, I mean, it probably was more than that because at that point I was drinking a lot, but you know, like I remember like really trying to like figure it out because I was thinking, okay, if I can figure out science, like as to mm. where this is, I can like master it you know, and I can be this like amazing drinker because oh, I had, right. yes, I, okay. to be, I didn't want to give it up. I wanted to figure out how I could do it better so that I could keep drinking. Um, and because I had one, this one guy friend and he was a bit older and he'd been drinking pretty alcoholically um, for a long time, but he never, I mean, he would get wasted, but he, was, he, he always held it together. And I, as weird as it sounds, like I admired that. I was like, how can you be so drunk for so long, like not pass out, not do weird things, you know? Mm-hmm. And like looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, thank God I didn't do that. Because like we would talk and he'd be like, I know I'm an alcoholic. Because at the end I was like, dude, I think I need help, you know? And he'd be like, I know I'm an alcoholic. I've tried rehab. And he was just like, it's just, I can't, like I can't stop. So I've mastered it, you know? And I, it freaking scared the shit out of me, to be honest. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, you know, and, and that's essentially what I was really trying to do there for a minute. Cause I was like, if I can't stop, at least it's better to be a, a good drunk than a bad. Like a functioning <laughs> drunk. Like my mom, yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. mom, like she was, fully functioning. she was a functioning drunk. She would drink a six pack drink all day at work yeah. and then drive to the grocery uh-huh. store to buy a 12 pack. And she probably drank, I'd say, I would say 20 beers a day. If I drank 20 beers a day, well, I would get through the first, after four or five, I'm done. I'm like, I'm ready for bed. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's a tolerance. But it's so interesting that you were so addicted to drinking, you sat down and said, okay, I think I have a problem, but I don't want to stop. I'm going to try yeah, to figure yeah. out how I can maximize this. At what point am yeah. I starting to black out? Oh, five shots. Okay. That's where, that's the line. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. so interesting. I know it was, it was really, and like, okay, at the end, to be honest, like I was so, I think I really, you know, cause it's not, it's not an easy thing, obviously to quit when you're that far in. Mm-hmm. And like, at this point, like drinking was, my best friend, like, it was, like, the one thing that I, like, and that sounds weird, like, I had so many friends, like, I wasn't a loner, but it was, like, I was really isolated in this weird world, I thought no one else went through that, and that's so, and that's, that's a huge reason why, you know, I'm able to share, and why, like, I, you know, have my Instagram, is because I'm, like, I 
really thought that I was absolutely insane. Like, I didn't think that I was just an alcoholic. I thought I was literally insane and that nobody in the world had ever done anything like this. And so that's why I'm like, okay, no, this is, this is actually, you know, it's millions of people do this shit, you know, and it's real and you're not alone. And millions of young women, I'm sure do it. And, you know, um, I just think like, I just kept being like, why, like, why me? Like, why do I have to lose, you know, the thing that keeps, that gives me comfort, but it's also destroying me. Like it was this weird relationship that I had with it and I just wanted to do it better. And I just, you know, I think, I think I knew pretty, not pretty early, but you know, like at some point I was just like, okay, I know I have to stop eventually, but you know, I just didn't, I didn't. I didn't want to. I couldn't imagine. I thought it would be like, I'm not saying like it was hard, of course, you know, um, and as life goes on, you know, it can still be hard sometimes, but like I thought it was going to be, I couldn't imagine that it would be as easy as it was for me. Um, yeah, I just thought, I thought I would die. I thought the world would be over. (laughs) Well, your brain had, your brain had like convinced you that drinking alcohol is making you the person you think you should be. Yeah, I'm this fun. Yes. Cause you even mentioned like, yeah, you mentioned like, Oh my God, am I going to, I'm 23. Am I ever going to have fun again? What was it like when you stopped drinking and then you went out for the first few times? Oh my gosh. Good question. With people drinking. Okay. So that's a really good question. So I, when I quit drinking, I did a lot of things to set myself up for success, obviously, because I was completely determined at that point. And so, you know, I had a sponsor, I had super friends. I pretty much not saying that anyone should do this necessarily, but like I told, cause my boss, I was really close to my boss and all my work buddies and whatnot. Um, and I told everyone, I literally told everybody so that no one would pressure me so that no one would, you know, judge me. Like I was just very honest um, mm-hmm. because I didn't want to end up somewhere and someone asked me and just caved. So um, the first time I started really, um, like I went out, I went out, well, I, okay. So my friend, my other friend, he, we always like, you know, would, would drink and have fun on his boat. And so I didn't go on the boat as much because obviously that was like a big part of it. Um, cause we'd go fishing and go along the North shore and like, you know, like afternoon days, drink on the boat, like what could be better, you know? And so I really started only going, um, once in a while and it was with, you know, people who still drank, but people who knew I was sober. Um, and you know, a lot of people were super, super, super supportive. Um, and so that really helped. But the first, but I always told myself, like, I'm 23, I still want to have a good time, I'm also not going to hide under a rock. So I would still go out and try and, like, do fun things, uh, but at the same time, like, when it got to the point of party, wherever I'm just pretty shit-based, like, there's there's an obvious point where you're like, I just don't belong here anymore, that's fine, like, I'm out, um, like, I'm not comfortable, you know, um, but the first time I went out party, like, like dancing, we went to Waikiki with six of my girlfriends and um, on New Year's Eve, I was like six months sober and this was the first time like fully going out and um, we, yeah, we went dancing and it was so much fun and like all my girlfriends were supportive. One of the other girls was also completely sober. So she'd been sober like 
almost 10 years now as well. So, um, so that was really helpful, but you know, a lot of people, um, I don't, I don't wreck, like, I don't know. I personally, like, if you love going out no matter what, then I say, yeah, go for it. Like party it up, you know? But I personally, I'm just like, if I'm not like, I don't like just going out and being around a bunch of drunk people, you know, like I love dancing. So if I go somewhere to specifically dance, you know, with like some other friends that are on the same page, that's fine. Like they could be drinking a little bit. That's cool. But like, there's just a level of partying that like, I just don't, um, I just don't partake in anymore. You know, like if I'm going out with like four mm-hmm. girlfriends who are just down to get shit faced, like I don't, I'm, of course I won't find that fun. You know, um, like half the time I'll just be like, Oh, this is annoying. Or like, Oh, I'm the odd man out. But Do you ever have like, moments where you're like, Oh my God, I really want to drink. You know, it's not really. No, oh, that's good. Like, yeah, it's, it's really, and I like, I had, I really wanted to think about that because it's like, I don't want to be like, oh no, I'm like superwoman and I never think about it. That's not it. More things come as like, oh, I'm like the odd man out or like, oh, I, I just feel weird more so. Mm. But like really the whole like, oh, I just really want to drink doesn't crop up because I think I have like on top of that is like the. I'm just not going to drink. So I just don't even let that other thought come in. It's you know, not like an I've already just, yeah, it's not an option. Yeah. Like I've already decided it's not happening. And I think that that really helps the, Oh my God, I really want to drink because before when I was trying to quit on my own, I would like tell myself, okay, you're not, you know, you're not, quit, you're not drinking, but like there was no real, like I didn't have accountability. There was no real, real reason not to. And I hadn't made like a full committed decision, you know, like I didn't have, anything else on the line at that point, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like I still smell it sometimes. Like my mom drinks wine and stuff and mm-hmm. like, you know, I smell it and I'm like, and you know, on the plane, like serving people, it is, it can be freaky or so just because like, I know what I could do and I know how quickly that could happen. And that like, you know, my life essentially could, be over i mean that sounds really dramatic but you know like everything well, i've worked it, for it could yeah. come crumbling down right. like it's serious um but most times like when i smell the wine on the plane like it just makes me want to vomit <laughs> like, <ew. laughs> like most times honestly like seeing people drink or like smelling like it just makes me like almost sick you know i'm just like oh and like i'm like i'm so glad that i'm like repelled from it other than like wanting it you know yeah. and um yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting. I gave up last February of 2019. I took the whole month off from drinking. I, I was going to do oh, it. In, awesome. I was going to do it in January. And I thought, Oh God, there's 31 days. Let me do it in February. There's 28. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was like, if I'm going to not so drink funny. for the month, let me be for February. And I can remember feeling like the first like two or, and I don't drink every day. Like I haven't uh-huh. even had a drink this week, but like I would, oh, I would, like the first few days, because like, like when you're a kid, you say to yourself, I'm not going to drink anymore. What's the first thing you want? You want to crack open a bottle of Pinot Noir oh, and totally. just sit yeah. on the back deck. Right. So it was like the first week I was kind of like, oh, I think I'm going to have, oh no, I'm not drinking. But about two weeks later, it took me about two full weeks to not even think about it. And then I was like, oh, this is easier yeah. than I thought. And, exactly. um, 
you know, my husband um, has a plant-based diet. I'm a vegetarian. And I can remember oh, when I when I gave up animal meat, when I stopped eating animals, it was kind of like what you were saying. Like at first I was just like, I can't be around restaurants that serve meat because I'm going to want meat. And yes. now two and a half years later, I, it's not even an option for me yeah, to, exactly. like if I smell like real beef, I want to, like, I just said that right now and I want to gag. So, um, so it's almost this, you can really train, you can really teach yourself not to consume something that you don't believe is good for you. Completely. And I think like when there's so much that, that is riding on the line, like if I picked up a drink today, you know, like they say, like the, the disease is progressive, like you know, and my dad always tried to explain that to me because I never really got it. But it would be like as if I was drinking that whole last four years and I just picked up, I would pick up right where, like right where I left off plus the four years, you know, and that is, oh. it's just a, it's a horrifying thought. Yeah. Because my dad's seen people go off the bandwagon and they go hard, you know, it's not just like, oh yeah, I kind of started drinking again or like, you know, people that drink alcoholically and, um, and it was like fine, like no, it's it's not fine. And like I've seen friends, you know, like relapse and go off to the deep end, whether it's you know drinking or drugs or just drinking. And like it is a lot of you know people don't make it. So for me, I'm like, okay, why would I, you know, why would I risk literally my life? Like, um, you know, and I want to have kids someday. Like I, I never want my husband because you know he really only saw me drinking a couple times, and I, you know, hit it pretty well. Like, I never want him to see him or have him see me drunk or, like, have my kids, you know? Like, I want my kids to have, uh, like, sober parents, you know? And, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind no. of crazy. So. I, um, I, had, I had something on my, my mind and I forgot it, so I hope it comes back to me. But I'll ask you my next question was, yes. do you, because you have that addictive personality, Mm-hmm. Do you, when you gave up alcohol, did you start becoming addicted to say like your cell phone or did you notice like behaviors mm-hmm. of like, Oh, I have an addictive personality. I'm not drinking now. Now that's being projected to something else. Yes, completely. Okay. So I've always been, um, like very spontaneous and very like full force with things as well. And I think that's kind of a part of it. I think it's half personality, half, you know, the addictive personality part. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny and it's, I don't know, people can think what they want about it. But when I quit drinking, I, well, I've always loved coffee. Like I love coffee, but I just, you know, it was like, okay, if I'm not drinking, I'm just going to drink coffee, like a boatload of it. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. and I think I kind of took on that, like, um, I'd switch from like, okay, I'm going to drink booze to get drunk to like, I'm going to drink coffee to be jazzed, you know? Like, and I, and I don't know. Like my dad, he's, he's the same and he's drank. So I've definitely taken that up after him as well. But like he will drink so much coffee, but you, you know, you get a tolerance to it. It's not even like that big of a deal, but he's always said, you know, if it's not mine, all train substance and it's not killing me, like, you know, screw it. You know, I can have something in life. <laughs> so, I mean, I definitely gone a little bit with the coffee for sure. I'm trying to cut back actually. 
Um, but I, you know, I've kind of given myself that because I'm like, you know what, there's so many health benefits to not drinking alcohol at all that I can have some coffee. So there's that. Um, eventually I would love to quit the caffeine for sure. Um, but I've also, another thing was I, well, it was interesting. I quit, um, I had a big sweet tooth. So when I quit drinking, you know, um, a good cur like a good craving curb for drinking is to have like some sort of sugar. I um, actually lost weight when I quit drinking. Mm-hmm. I lost like 15 pounds because um, I was a oh, surf instructor. I was thanks. Yeah, I was in the water constantly, um, towing people around for six hours a day. And then I was going to see, um, I was going to visit Tom. Well, I actually got sober. Like, I went down to Australia a year after. So, anyway, throughout that year, I got in really good shape. You know, that was clearly one of my motivations was that I was to see him and, Blah, blah, blah. But um, I, you know, I definitely ate some sugar at the beginning. I still have, you know, I, I still get sugar cravings. I'm definitely not perfect. Um, um, but like, you know, just with, I don't, I don't know other real things that I've kind of got like addictive with. Maybe, yes, maybe my phone. Um, I've always, you know, it was really hard starting the, the sober skies for me, it took me a couple of years because I was living in Hawaii and in Hawaii, I did not, yeah, of course, like people have Instagram and whatever, but like, I just really wasn't on my phone that much. Um, I've just always been like, you know, if you love your life, why do you need a Like, if you really do, why do you need to like try and show everybody how great it is? You know, yeah. like that's really kind of bothered me about social media. The brag, so the, the braggarty the bra- of it. The yeah. Bragging. The bragging. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's bragging. Like, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I actually really do love my life. I don't need to show myself at the beach every day because that's where I'm at. And like, you know, like I just, I don't, I don't care. You know, like I don't, right. I don't need you to. I don't need a hundred likes or you know thousands of likes to know that like I'm a good. You know, I live a great life. Like I just don't. You know, right. and um, and so when I when we moved to Miami was when I started seeing. Um, a couple of, you know, really cool sober accounts on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? Like, I would love to share with people, you know, sober tips on sober tips in general, break the stigma and show people how to travel sober. And, um, that was kind of where I was like, okay, cause I, I also wasn't going to as many meetings, so I couldn't really have sponsees, someone that I would sponsor. So I was like, this will be my way of giving back. Um, and, so I don't know. I didn't, I would say yes, maybe since then I've been a little bit more on it because I'm like, I want it to reach people, you right. know, but still sometimes with that, I'm like, Oh my God, I haven't been on like really done like anything for like a week. Like I, I get really in and out with it, which is kind of bad. But anyways, maybe that would be something. I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure that there's things in my life that yeah, I've definitely like, well, when you hated towards, it sounds to me though, like you can, you enjoyed consuming alcohol, caffeine, sugar. So it sounds like instead of it's, it's more of an addiction to the stimulant, to the consuming, the more I can intake gives me comfort. Mm. It's that comfort feeling like you, you, you got rid of the alcohol. Now it's the coffee. And now you're starting to say, you know what, maybe I need to lower Lower my lower my coffee intake because yeah. caffeine's yeah, gonna have honestly. me bouncing around the walls constantly. Yeah, yeah, and I really think is it's like you know just 
wanting to be up, you know, wanting the uppity, you know, and I think, you know, and that's definitely something that like I'm working on is like, okay, I don't need to be up all the time, you know, like I don't always need to be, if there's a room of a couple of people, like I don't always need to be like filling the silence, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if that's part of my personality or if that's, you know, the fact that I'm just trying to be a good time all the time, you know? Well, like, that's exhausting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what, oh my God, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say when we were talking about it. drinking, you know, you know, constantly drinking, constantly thinking about it. How are you going to make that right there? Hiding it. It's also full-time exhausting. Job. It's exhausting. Like you're, it it's a full-time job. Like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, and that's why when, you know, you get into recovery, people say, oh, if you spent half as much time in your recovery, as you did trying to drink, like you'd be a pro in your recovery. It's, right. it's pretty funny. If you used all that right. energy from 14 to 23, you know, on something else, you're, it would have been an extremely different experience for you. Yeah. It was so focused. Exactly. Um, you talked about like you're chasing the high, like you're drinking, you're drinking coffee, you're chasing the high. How do you mm. manage when there, when you're at the low? Mm, that is a good question um like low in what way like low in like emotional low or just low is in like chill like i'm low and like, chill just like like okay you know, yep like i can tell you kind of probably have a little bit of my personality go 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 make people laugh make people feel comfortable i'm the center of attention i'm the party but how do Hell you yeah. <laughs> yay oh yeah extroverts but I've learned, and I didn't realize this till like last year, I'm actually what they call an extroverted introvert, which means when I'm on, when I'm on, I'm on and I'm making you laugh and I'm being crazy and I'm being silly and you're like, oh my God. But when I'm off, I don't even want to look at anyone and I'm happier. Yes. So that's funny you said that because growing up, I definitely... I had a lot of good friends, but like I would plan things. So like I would have like half the day to myself, half the day with other people because I also really do enjoy my alone time as well. Um, You know, whether that's reading, whether that's cleaning, I love cleaning nowadays. It's weird. Um, Whether it's, you know, praying, whether it's just spending freaking time doing whatever I, you know, think it is self care wise. I really, really do enjoy that. Um, Whether it's music, you know, Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't make me bummed by any means. And sometimes I'm like, oh, like, I mean, you know, there's so many different ways to look at things like, you know, Friday night chilling before, you know, and even married. Um, like, you know, I used to be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a loser. I'm in on a Friday night. Like, what the heck? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm going to bed early. I'm getting great night's sleep and I'm waking up and like fulfilling my next day. And I feel refreshed and like I can you know outpour to people because I've actually been filled up you know like I gave myself time to you know put into myself and mm-hmm. I don't know but no, I can't that makes sense. So yeah yeah that makes sense yeah I um when you you use the term blacked out a couple times oh, what, yep. what mm-hmm. was was that your goal? Like, would you, would you oh, go get no. dressed with your girls and say, I'm going out tonight dancing and I'm going to get fucked up and I'm going to black out and I don't care. No, to be honest. No, that was like the last thing that I wanted to do because I hated 
I hated, I hated not remembering because what's the point of it if you can't, if you're not going to remember it? It's like it didn't happen, but to everyone else it did. And it's embarrassing as shit probably. So I always, whenever I woke up after, you know, I blacked out or, or I don't remember as well, I was just like, oh my gosh, like almost just like dreaded to hear what the hell I did, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so my goal was more to get like drunk, but to remember it, you know, like have a good time, have a good night, be, get pretty drunk, but you know, not, not blacking out. But like, I just, yeah, I just couldn't, like I could not, once I was at a certain point, I just like wanted more and more and more. I, um, yeah. blacking out is I've, I've actually blacked out on a layover. Oh, I was Crazy. in Vegas, which I, I wrote. I actually wrote about this in my third book in a chapter called "Not My Mother," and oh my um, and I was in Vegas. We got in at like eleven in the morning, and mm-hmm. the other two girls that I was working with, one was going to go gamble, one was going to sleep. We had like a thirty-hour layover, and so yep. at eleven o'clock, I started drinking. And yep. I was, cause for me, nothing is more fun than like walking the strip with a drink and people watching and being silly. And oh, totally. Yep. I was all by myself and I started at the MGM grand and our hotel was the stratosphere. And, um, I started drinking at like 11. I ended up going on that Ferris wheel in one of the bar cars where you pay for 30 minutes and you get okay. hammered. Well, um, at one point I, was in Harrah's and um, I was trying to make friends with a large group of black people and I was embarrassing, my, embarrassing myself. I was crying in front of them. I remember that part. I was, oh, I prayed, I prayed with a housekeeper and, <clears throat> um, and then I remember sitting on a bench crying on the phone to a friend of mine and she was saying, you need to get to your room. And I kept saying, I can't be my mother. I can't be my mother. And she's like, oh, I am God. so scared for you. And then, Kat, the next thing I remember was waking up in the bed, and I had peed the bed. Oh, my gosh. And the worst. it was just this moment of, I said to myself, oh, my God, that's not yeah. good. that's not like, what was the point of that? Like, and it was like you said, it was like, I'm just walking, I'm by myself, I'm drinking. And now I'm watching the Bellagio fountain time is passing. And remember that alcoholic gene is buried inside of me that I'll never get rid of. So it's, it's just like, it just triggers and it's so scary. And I just remember waking up, um, the TV was on. I don't remember how I got from the bench to the bed. I don't remember walking back to the hotel. I don't remember. I don't even know how I found my room. And it was just this moment of saying, okay, I am not going to drink on layovers anymore, or I'm going to have one or two and that is it. There's not going to be any yeah. of this. And then, of course, and once that experience happened, it never happened again. But it was one of the, I could have died. Yeah, right. I on know. a layover. So, like, so, holy so shit, brave. I'm actually getting paid $2 an hour a per diem right now. <laughs> I should right? not be hammered. Um, yeah. Have you, so you've been sober for four years. You've been a flight attendant for two. So yes. you came in as a crew member not drinking. Yes. It's been so interesting. Yeah. And that's what I want to know. What is it like when you are the sober okay. flight attendant? Cause flight attendants love to party. Oh yes. Okay. So when I went to training, 
all of my training class drank, you know, and I, I did make good friends with, um, a couple, you know, a couple girls and, you know, pretty much you, they knew that I was sober, but you know, I didn't shout it to the world. Everyone knew that I didn't drink though. What, you know, people can think what they want, like whatever. And, you know, I think that was hard because I was literally like the only person. Um, mm. but at that point I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't give a shit. Like these random people think of me, exactly, you know, right. and I'm going to pass this damn training. And then when I started one of my first layovers, I told, or like, you know, trips, one of my first trips, I told this guy, Oh yeah. Like I don't drink. And he looked at me dead ass serious. And he goes, wow, you're in the wrong job. <laughs> and what a, I, what a, dick. Was, what a dick. I know I was mortified because I really thought, Oh my God, what did I do? I am completely in the wrong career. I would have so much fun if I was, you know, like I was just like, Oh my gosh, like what am I doing? Oh, you and allowed you allowed him to I manipulate did. your brain. Okay. I did. Mm -hmm. I did for like a minute. And then you know what? I walked away and then a minute passed and I thought, No, I am freaking traveling the world sober, remembering it, living my best life. Like mm -hmm. screw what that guy thinks, you know? And I would say since, like, most times, at first, it was kind of difficult. Like, I just moved from my whole sober community. Um, you know, I had a lot, I was going to meetings constantly. I had a lot of really good friends. To living with my husband, who is not an alcoholic, so he doesn't fully understand. He's very supportive, but, you know, it's not quite the same. And then, you know, like, just going to meetings so rare, not rarely, but, you know, just once in a while because we have been very privileged to be able to travel a lot when I'm not working. So like I'm either working gone somewhere or I have like three days off and we'd like hit Amsterdam, you know? So I was just gone really quite a lot. Um, so, you know, like I wasn't hitting my meetings and, you know, like it's just hard when you don't have that sober community. And, um, and then, you know, you get in the van after a trip and people are drinking the crew juice. Um, and like, you know, they're offering it to you and, you know, you're the only one saying no. And, you know, like you just, I get a little bit of FOMO sometimes, but I really just, it, I, it's like a muscle, you know, you just build over time, like not to feel like you're missing out because I know what it would actually be like if I drank, like, it's just, that's not, it's just not going to work for me and that's fine. And like, so like when people, a lot of times I go out and people will drink and I'm like, that's totally cool if I know they're going out to specifically drink and party, no, I'm not going to go. Like I'm going to do my nails and call it a night and not feel hung over the next day. Like half the time I do not feel like I'm missing out or regret the fact that I don't drink because I'm like so glad that I don't have the time because I've fought with so many friends that are hung over as shit. And I'm oh, just yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. That's, and I'm just like, good luck. And I've also connected and like shared my story with a lot of people. And you know, that are quite either questioning their relationship with alcohol or they have a family or friends who, you know, they're worried about. And it's, and it's, you know, it's good. So yeah, I think, um, well, I it's think definitely hard sometimes, but right. it's totally worth it. Like I'm not going to, like I said, like I didn't get sober to live under a rock, you know? Right. Um, and, and then I just have to remind myself that you had said earlier, one of your fears was, Oh my God, am I going to have fun again? And yeah. it, how long did it take so for fun. you to realize, Oh, wait a minute. I'm fun without alcohol. This is fantastic. 
literally like two days. Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, you did <laughs> mention that. Okay, yeah. I got, I, well, I mean, I got sober in, in the summer. And like the summer in Hawaii on the North Shore is just fun. Like you surf, you do all these things, you know, like you're constantly doing fun stuff. And, and I had really fun friends. We'd constantly be adventuring. Like, we didn't just, like, sit on couches in the summer, you know? So, like, very quickly, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember doing this and enjoying this as a kid. You know? Like, you feel like your old self again. Um, but it, it was interesting because, you know, I I was a kid when I did start drinking. So, it's like, you really have to kind of learn how to, like, fall in love with yourself again. And know who you are again it's it's pretty crazy but um yeah I, I figured out pretty quick like oh yeah this is fine I'm fine like all good so I um I'm glad that we're talking about being a flight attendant now because like you said and like that guy said which was so inappropriate for some reason flight attendants pilots it's like you get into this industry and it's just I'm gonna be a wild person like when you yeah. first start, people are wild. In my initial class back in 08, because I was a flight attendant for a long time, mm -hmm. um, one girl got kicked out the day we were graduating. We were graduating uh. at noon and at 8.30 in the morning, she got pulled out and got sent home because the night before she got so hammered, she peed in the hall outside. She was trying to she was trying to get back into her hotel room. There was a lot of young oh people. God. There were a lot of yeah. young people in my initial class. There was like 95 and I think 20 of us were over 30. So it was oh, it wow. was wild. And this chick was trying to get into her room and but it wasn't her room it was another flight attendant's room oh. so she starts banging on the door i gotta pee i gotta pee and then the other flight attendant's looking out the window and apparently i'm out the people and she sees like this disheveled person she can't even recognize she calls security and this girl no. had to just pee on the hotel right outside this other woman's door and there's a camera so she was oh yeah she was like oh. yeah so it's just this thing that you, you know, I remember the first day of our initial class, it was like, we're partying for three weeks. And, and I lived yeah. in the town where my, the headquarters was. So I was just like, oh, well, I, I, I mean, it's not going to be that crazy, but it, it's, it must've been such a wild ride for you to be sober going through that oh. experience because yeah. every day <laughs> when we would get out of class, there were like five five to 10 of us that were like, we're going to Chili's, we're going to Chili's. Yeah. And I, and I was like, I'm old. I have to study. Yeah. Oh yeah. Completely. I don't know how people pass. Like, honestly it was, and, and I don't know how more people, I think, you know, like they were mass hiring. So they, they, you know, they put a lot into the people, so they didn't want to let them go. But like, to be honest, I think more people from my class should have been long gone. Like they were getting trashed all the time. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know how more stuff like that didn't really happen. But, um, but yeah, like a part of me was, you know, was like, oh yeah, I'm missing out. And then a part of me was like, no, like I'm barely getting through this as it is. Like I said, like I'm not the, the academic type and like, this is my first time like sober getting through something hard, you know? I mean, I did my first year sober. I got my, um, I like taught myself and passed this mortgage loan origination license. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a mortgage loan originator. Anyways, I literally like studied and I passed, like it took me three times that I passed it. And so that was the first hard, like, you know, academic challenge in 
a long time. So then after that, like, I totally think that was so that I could pass this freaking training because, like, it was still hard. And just the way that it was set up, you know, you have to do all the drills, you have to do all the, um, the tests, and they were on, like, iPads, and you knew how many you could get wrong. And then if, um, you know, you started getting some wrong, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, I can only get one more wrong. And, like, luckily, I literally passed everything, which was a miracle. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> but, of course. Um, it was just crazy. Like, and just, yeah. You, you know, and it, it's, it's hard to not feel lonely, too. Because, you know, you just, I mean, you can connect with people, but it's just not on, like, that same... You know, I, sure. I wasn't hanging out, you right. know, but I did, I did have like six girlfriends that I really was with most of the time. But yeah, anyways, so yeah, it was good. Did you, um, regarding friendships, when you gave up alcohol, you know, because mm-hmm. I can see where, and this has happened to me as a vegetarian, like I've gotten more shit as being a vegetarian than being a homosexual. Like when I like, mm. Oh, I'm gay. Oh, congratulations. Oh, oh, I don't eat animals anymore. Oh, are you judging me because I am? Did you ever find people to kind of treat you differently when they were still yes. drinking and you stopped because they might think, Oh, she thinks she's better than us. Um, you know, a lot of my friends at the time, whether they were drinking buddies or not, I think knew that it was probably a good idea. A lot of people didn't. Like, some people were like, oh, I didn't think you had a problem, you know, but I was like, uh, we weren't that, that close. So, you know, like, you were <laughs> right. hanging out with me, like, every day. Um, so a lot of people were really supportive, and I was always very, um, I really always tried to be not judgmental. Because it's really easy to watch someone you used to drink with now that you're sober and whatnot. Like, it's easy to watch them and think, wait, they drink too much, like, too, you know? But, like, that's not my job. I can't diagnose anybody to have a problem. So, like, that's right. up to them. And that's, that's on them. So, I really, and I'm like, you know what? If it's working out for you, great, you know? And if not and you want to get help, like, great, too. Like, come to me. That's fine. But, you know, like, I really tried hard not to judge where anybody's at. Um because who who am I? Like, who am I to judge from? So um, I have had people, some people that I believe, like, it's hard because, you know, I'm not supposed to diagnose anyone, but like, I, I do have beliefs and like, know that some people probably drink more than they should, you mm-hmm. know, like, I'm not taking one to no one, you know, so it's, it's hard because like, I feel like there's a couple of those people that have treated me different because, I feel like they're almost projecting their issues on me as if, as if I'm judging them, but I'm not, if that right. makes sense. Well, cause they, like they're kind, because yeah. they probably know they drink too much and they see that yes, you exactly. have stopped and might, maybe they can't, or they're not at the point they where they like justify themselves right. or something. Sure. Yeah. Have you found, Sorry. have you found yourself in the predicament where you've had to tell a friend, like someone told you, I think you might have a problem. You know, luckily, no. Um, just pretty much since I've been sober, I've, I, you know, I didn't have that many drinking buddies. So it wasn't like I had to like drastically cut people out of my life. Um, a lot of my friends were just really good, normal friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, no, I haven't. I, I pretty much have steered just away slowly to people. And I just make friends with people who drink normally or don't really drink um and or you know drink like beer once in a while you know um but like heavily drink i don't really hang out with 
those people, um, mm-hmm. just because kind of why would I? But no, the only person, and this is one part of my job that I don't like, is cutting people off. <laughs> oh, is that, is that one of the steps? Is that one awkward. of the steps? Um, cutting people off, is like, that one of the steps or something? Oh, no, no, like with, oh. with um, like flying. Oh, like oh I, thought you meant, I thought you Sorry, meant cutting no, off no. friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I just meant like physically, like, you know, when drunk people on the flight want more booze, I'm just like, oh my God. Like, well, how do you no. handle that? What do you, can oh, you walk me I, through how you do that? Yeah, so pretty much I'm also very like non-confrontational, which is to a, like, you know, isn't the best thing about me. Um, it's really hard for me to be serious as well because I feel really awkward. Like I'm much more of like the, oh, laughed off type kind of person, which you know, I know isn't great either, but I just hate that really awkward shit that comes after being really serious. So a lot of times if someone is drinking more than they should, I just, I, I send someone else to do it. If it is literally, <laughs> like if I've, to I be honest, you're so honest. No, that's amazing. Because I'm just like, oh my God, like I don't want to, and a lot of flight, you know, a lot of flight are super fine with being blunt ass dick. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. like you've had enough, like, da, 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 da. and I'm just, I just, I don't like that. Like, I just really am like, ugh. I just, I wish, I wish I was more. And I'm not like the quickest with the comeback. So it's like, you know, just how people can really um, give it to someone appropriately. But I, yeah, anyway. Well, um, it probably, it probably brings back memories of when you would have had too much to drink and someone approached you and you know how that felt. it's mortifying. Yes. And I remember being defensive and it scares me. It scares me that they're going to react how I could have possibly reacted. Right. And it's just not like, you know, it just, it does bring up a lot of memories, you know, and I'm just like, oh, and so it just makes me wildly uncomfortable, you know, just in every shape. So one time I did, this guy was up in first and, um, he, he'd been drinking before the flight. He was this older guy, but he was drinking like just so many Jack Daniels. And I literally gave him like six or seven. And then I was like, okay, like, I mean, maybe it wasn't that much, but it was a lot. And he just kept wanting more. And I just kind of like jokingly was like, oh, maybe some more water first, you mm-hmm. know? And then I, and then he drank water and then, and then we we're pretty much close to landing. So right. that was kind of like, I didn't have to literally be like, no, sir, you've had too much to drink. I'm cutting you off, you know? Like, but you know, I mean, I wish I, and that is something that I want to work on because I wish I had that like natural ability to be very serious about things and to not make it like, and don't really care if it's awkward. Um, right. Because, you know, like a lot of stuff goes on in the job and that's not appropriate. And you, you know, you do have to be serious at points. And luckily I just haven't come across that many. So, and that's, and that's a yeah. good point too, because on the yeah. airplane, you're responsible for their safety and people don't realize that alcohol affects you differently at 37,000 feet than on the ground. Oh, I have a story on that one. Well, can you share? Because these are my favorite stories. I love those kind of stories. I mean, it's just scary. Like, okay, so when I was 19, it's just, I I don't know. If anything, it gets a good testimonial to see like where your life can go. Because when I was 19, I was going from Oregon to Hawaii Mm -hmm. and I was drinking with some guy's bar before getting on the plane and he was buying me shots and I don't know how many I took got on the plane at like final call start going you know ascending and I just remember being like oh shit like uh oh and I go back to the bathroom and I black out I wake up on the floor in the, in the lab the, 
No, no, I don't. Oh. I don't really remember. Okay. But I just remember like going to the back. I think I passed out on the way, and um, yeah, like they had the oxygen on me, like shaking me, like you know, the, the flight attendant was hor- like she was so scared, and I was pissed ass drunk, and she was just like, "Oh my god, we almost just had to turn around." turn the flight around for you like oh yeah blah 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 blah. like she's thinking how did you even get past the lead flight attendant (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) honestly and so yeah i just remember like waking up and being like holy shit like i actually could have died (laughs) like you know um and the rest of the time i just sat in the chair with the you know the oxygen mask on like trying to make light of it because i was you know wasted and embarrassed and then i got to Hawaii and I was just like oh my gosh mm. like holy and, and, shit like, and think about and think about this you were 19 and that still wasn't the wake-up call no I know there That's was there was a lot along the way there was a lot along the way so yeah like you know it's it's awesome but yeah I was young enough but like there was a lot leading up to it but like you know if you don't start drinking until you're 21 mm-hmm. you know it could take you until you're you know 30 40 50 you know right. it's just yeah, I don't know. So, like, at times, you know, I think, like, oh, my gosh, like, it sucks that, like, my, you know, the times I did have a lot of bad experiences drinking. But, you know, and then another way, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that they was, it was that bad because, yeah, made me, made me quit. So, yeah. But, yeah, yeah so, I, I don't know. Like, that whole thing is, like, okay, like, I... You know, it could have been on the no fly list and now I'm a flight attendant. Like, right. Like, Look at that. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And thank you for sharing that blackout story because I shared one. So now we're even. And I of think course. that's fantastic. Perfect. When Yay. you're when you're <laughs> when you're on the airplane, <laughs> when you're on the airplane and you're working, are you always are you like hyper more hypersensitive to people that you can tell are are intoxicated? Can you yes. like pick them out? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'm actually oblivious. Like, um, this one time this guy, you know, I, he said something to me and I was just like, oh, he's just like weird or flirt or something. It wasn't, it wasn't really inappropriate. It was just kind of extra, you know? And then mm-hmm. like the girl in the back was like, oh my God, that guy's like wasted. I was like, really? You know, but most times I can really spot it, um, quite, um, you know, pretty, pretty early on. Um, and like, yeah, I've only really had a couple like confrontate, like confrontational drunks on the play. Um, I just, I just steer, I steer so clear because I, it's scary, especially sure. men. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Like this one guy was like going off at the, at the other flight attendant who was like an older lady. And I was just like, Oh my, like, what are you like? you know oh yeah i just know like how quick it can escalate and we're on a plane like it's not something to like mess around with you know absolutely when i would work when i was on the plane and i was working with female flight attendants if there was an intoxicated passenger they'd always come and get me and um and then i would of course do my little spiel where i brought them water and i was like hey you know it it seems like you may have had a few drinks well usually i would start with hey were you drinking at the airport before you got on the plane yeah i had a few okay well we've served you three we still have three hours to go here's some water i'll come back in an hour and see how you are before we serve any more alcohol and usually yeah that's a great spiel after we yeah i would just say i would go with the water and i would bring a snack if like if they were really like 
messed up and you knew, um, I would bring a snack and some water. I'd be like, Hey, how are you feeling? I'm fine. Okay. Well, you know, were you drinking before the flight? You know, it, it either was like, no, or yeah, I had a few. Okay. Well, we've served you. We've served you three now. So here's some water and a snack. I'll come back and check on you in an hour because you know, alcohol affects you differently at this elevation. And I'm yeah. here and I'm here to make sure that you're safe. So I'll come back Hold in on. an hour. It's 12. Now I'll be back at one. And every single time they would be sleeping. And then oh, it yeah. would be fine. That's a huge, yeah, exactly. They'll just pass out. Just pass out. Like once they're not drinking, <laughs> yeah. they just pass out because they're not doing exactly. something. Um, but thank you so, so much for sharing that. When you, you talked a little bit about serving alcohol, like when you work, do you work yes. first class? Yes. So I, um, how we do it is when you get the trip, you just get assigned a position so oh. you can bid for it. But a lot of times you just get, you know, kind of whatever. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, um, people don't like number three because it's, you know, assisting first class, but then you go to the back as well. So you're kind of doing both, which I don't mind. The jump seat is also a little worse. Um, cause you're like, can see the first class passengers pretty well. Um, but I don't care. Um, and I like to be busy. So it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of the bitch of like the number one <laughs> tells you what to do and right. the number two tells you what to do. So, but, but because I don't really like, I don't care. And, like I bid more so of um, what kind of trips that we can take. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, trips that just will work with my schedule of being able to travel with my husband. Right. So I'm like, whatever, I'll work shit trips and it's fine. And that's, that's just it. Um, um, so yes, I do. And then I would also, I really did like um, start really liking number one, which is just like May or which is the, the lead. So, sure. you know, first class kind of being like the lead of the airplane. Um, Again, you make a little bit more money too, which is cool. But, um, yeah, so when you're up there, yeah, you know, pouring, um, pouring the drinks, yeah, How, serving them. So it's it's kind of weird. It's like you're a bartender in the sky. Right. And, and then you're kind of weird. And you're, you're, you have this demon that's always probably going to be whispering in your ear yeah. at some point, yeah. like, oh, and you're pouring these drinks. And I think it takes a really strong human being to want to have that drink, but to know you can't. Yeah, completely. And a lot of times, you know, I mean, of course, like as much as I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't want to, like, of course a part of me will always want to, you know, like, mm -hmm. you're, like you're literally physically and mentally addicted to it. So yeah, of course you're going to want to. <laughs> but, right. Like, Absolutely. When I'm, you know, but when I'm doing it and it's, yeah, like I said, it's almost just more scary like just because you know how easy would it be and i mean not that i would ever do this but how easy would it be to just take a mini in the bathroom and take a shot like it's not the hardest you know obviously like while you're at work like or you know take one home and mull over it at the hotel you know mm -hmm. it's like i just oh, it's it's, it's physically not that hard of a thing right. to do so it just scares me but when i'm pouring it most of the time like i said especially red wine. I'm just like, Oh my God. Like remember that time I almost died. <laughs> like it's right. just, it's not even, or beer. I think beer, I used to love beer and I think now it just smells like piss. I'm like, that's disgusting. Like no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's so, like how I feel about like animal flesh. I'm like, Oh yeah, God, that's, exactly. that's disgusting. But I've actually exactly. worked, I've worked with people. I worked with one woman once where she kept going into the lab 
And then like oh, more yeah. than, and I pee a lot because I'm almost 50. Like I pee a lot. Yep. And she was going in there more than me. And she was like 20 years younger than me. And I remember I could smell something and I couldn't tell if it was oh, her yeah. or it was like one of the passengers. And I just remember looking mm. at her and saying, I, you're not drinking, are you? And she's like, no. And I said, oh, because I swore I could smell vodka. And she said, no, 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 no. How do you even smell vodka? I'm like, because I can, you know, it, ha- it smells like I alcohol. Smell I can smell it. She's like, no, I would never do that. And I said, I hope you wouldn't put me in that predicament. Yeah. Um, did but, you ever, did yeah. you ever find out? Um, no, but I've worked with people who like have walked off the airplane with coffee cups and it's not coffee in the cup. Oh, wow. And I'm always yeah. like, I am never going to lose my job because I can't wait to have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. But then at the same time, like I probably wouldn't if I was still drinking. And like there was a video of a flight attendant, not, you know, not too long ago. And she got fired because she was like hammered in the airport on like a layover, you know? Oh, really? Uh, and like she was causing like some scene on the phone and it was just like, it was so bad. And I just remember being like, Oh my God, like that, that could have been me. You know, yeah. like if I, you know, so it's just like kind of reminders like that, that really, and you know, of course I don't want to think that, like, of course I don't want to think that that could be me, but that's just the reality. And I have to be honest with myself and remember that. Right. So I think there's, um, and that's what helps. I think there's a lot of alcoholism in the airline industry. There's, there, I definitely you, you think can so. deny. I used to be, um, I used to be a flight attendant supervisor a decade, oh, ago, nice. a decade ago. And nice. I remember at the airline I worked for, you know, you could tell them I, you know, I'm an alcoholic and then they would whisk you off to the program. And, yes, um, you had to, yep. you had to, you had to say it before you got drunk. Like if they knocked on the door, if they opened the door and drug and alcohol were there and they're like, we're here to drug test you. And you said, I'm an alcoholic, you know, that was, they they would put you through the program. Well, there was this one person who had gone through and you were only allowed to go through the program once. And then if, and then after you went through the program, they they drug test you all the time. Cause I think it's like an FAA thing, but I don't know how this girl, I I was trying to hide their sex, but this person, this woman, (laughs) she, um, she went through the program twice. So she was getting oh, wow. drug tested and it came back positive. So we had to call her in and she, her excuse was, and I don't mean to laugh, but her excuse was, I made Jack, I made ribs last night with the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce. Oh my gosh. Are and, you joking? No, I'm not. I'm <laughs> deadly serious. And we were like, well, first of all, alcohol burns off when you cook it. And second of yeah. all, I don't think Jack Daniels makes their barbecue sauce eight barbecue <laughs> sauce eighty proof. But oh, wow. it was it was the when I experienced that moment, this was like oh nine or ten, twenty ten, I remember thinking to myself, Oh wow, I bet you there's a big problem with drinking in this industry. Yeah. And I yeah, it's why insane. When she, I, I remember she was just sitting there and she's like, "I wasn't drinking. I haven't been drinking. I made ribs with barbecue sauce that the Jack Daniels barbecue sauce." And I remember thinking, she obviously knows she's not telling the truth. Does she think I believe this? Yeah. Like, um, and then she got she had, she was terminated because at the end of the day, yeah. that's just what happens. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's pretty it's pretty wild because I feel like I fly with a lot of heavy drinkers. Um, you know, and it's, and I'm constantly like, don't judge, 
like you don't know like you you know like you don't but you hear stories and you're just like oh my gosh but but then it almost makes me and this sounds I don't know I don't know if this is the right wording but like it almost makes me like jealous that I'm like oh so these people can drink a lot and still have fun and but then they can like turn it off you know they still know where their like limit is you know and they can like not go to work drunk right you know and like that kind of thing so, like at that part sometimes I'm like oh like I wish I was like normal in that sense but then there's so many things about sobriety and you know not you know ever drinking that I'm like oh this is the life like I'm so glad that you know everything's happened to me where I am. So well, I think you're normal. So don't, yeah. don't say that again. Thank and you, you know, I look okay. at, I look at it like this. I look at it like you tried to have a relationship with alcohol, but it just didn't work. And you tried yeah. and you tried and you did everything possible. But at the end of the day, the relationship was toxic and you had to say goodbye. It's kind of like exactly. a bad relationship, a bad job. Yeah. So you did the right thing. And again, Congratulations, because just coming on this podcast and sharing your story, um, I'm I'm very impressed. So thank oh, you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I hope I didn't, you know, babble too much. Or oh no, you're sense, fantastic. So. No, you're great. I can. <laughs> I, I, I um I I love your energy, and you're so good at conversing, and I really appreciate it. But before <laughs> I let you go, you have to play. Let's get grounded, where I ask Yay! you a random photo of random questions. So. I'm going to name off a bunch of airlines. You name, you pick okay. one, and then you answer the question. It's pretty, pretty okay. easy. American okay. Airlines, JetBlue, Southwest, United, or Frontier. Okay, but uh, <laughs> I well, uh, okay. Uh, and it doesn't. If you work for one of those, it doesn't even have to be the one you work for. Just just pick any one. Okay, I'm going to do United. Okay. What is your favorite airport to be stuck in during a delay? Ooh. Well, that wouldn't have to deal with food. <laughs> exactly. So that's going to be, um, I really like the burritos in Chicago. Okay. Um, but, um, oh, it's hard because I didn't just fly yesterday. It's been a little bit. So I was like, which one? Um, well, actually Dallas, cause they have a lot of food. So, DF, is it yeah. DFW or love? DFW. DFW. Okay. So, so it's awful. It's, it's massive. It's food for me. Mine would be Austin because they used to have the, um, they used to have the barbecue restaurant that had that incredible, I can't oh. think of the name of it right now, but they had the incredible like brisket sandwich. This is when I ate meat and the barbecue sauce. And then right next door was Amy's ice cream. And, and if oh. I was ever delayed in Austin, I was like, Oh, I'm good. Oh, three hours. I could eat twice. <laughs> you are making me hungry. Oh my uh, gosh. Kat, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I of think you're course. incredible. And thank you. please keep pushing forward with your sobriety because I think you are going to really have a fantastic life. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Please let all of my amazing, loving listeners know how they can follow your page on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's at, obviously, with the at sign, and it's just the sober skies. 
Perfect. Or follow me. I w- and I will also put a link in the description of the podcast episode so they can just click on it and then like your page and then they can Perfect. follow you and hopefully get inspired to, you know, not have 15 glasses of wine before breakfast. Yay! That would be a winner. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have a great day, okay? Of course. You too. Have, Thank you. You're welcome. Have fun in Bend. I love it there. Oh, I will. Okay, take care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, so the episode ended, and then I was saying goodbye after I hit the record button, and you told me that today, the day this episode comes out, is your birthday. So happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, 28. 28 years old. Well, I could be your dad. So that makes me sad. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I, um, I'm so glad you told me so happy. So this episode, it's today and it's your birthday and that's very exciting. So happy birthday. And Thank you. I hope you have a great day and I hope you eat some cake because I love cake. 28, feeling great. I'll eat lots of cake just for you. <laughs> oh, I turned 28 in 2000. So I am 20 years old. I love you. it. There oh, you go. So sad. Well, happy. <laughs> all right. Goodbye again and happy birthday. And that was you. so awesome. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.